wings with friends. Wings with friends. You got to get the wings to be with the friends. Boom, boom. We're doing it well. <laughs> <laughs> now that song is going to be stuck in my head. I know, it's always stuck in my head. That song was like porn to me when I was like a, a young, like horny little kid. And I'm like, oh. Uh, yeah, and we like, and like that beat hit, right? Yeah. And you were just like, uh, 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 uh. Listen, that was back in the day when you were still humping pillows, so. Uh, yeah. You know, early yeah. pandemic, I wrote a joke about. <laughs> I was like, quarantine is a lot like the summer after the sixth grade. I spent a lot of time by myself, reading books, and practicing French kissing on the back of my hand. Oh my god. God, that's the truth though, isn't it? Oh, I've never masturbated so much in my life. <laughs> um <laughs> well, hold on, let me get to an intro. Oh, you guys. Hey everybody, welcome back to Wings with Friends. How are you? Thank you for being here during the pandemic, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Mary Upchurch, and I am so excited to be here with my favorite TikToker, um, Jenna Block. Hi. How are you? I'm so, so good. It's been a great day. I'm just enjoying this. It's exciting. It's exciting to be here. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it because I was explaining to Jenna, and I don't think I needed to explain it, that I am a stranger. And, you know, it's really nice of her to, you know, say, hey, I'll be on your podcast. So I'm excited. That's the whole reason, like, that's why TikTok exists, is so that we can connect with people who see our content and are like, yo, you are so rad. Like, I'm slowly gathering friends and clients, and, like, that's the whole reason. Like, we're in a pandemic. We're lonely. This is, we have to connect through the internet and Zoom and, like, be stoked about new friendships. I think you're doing it right, Jenna. I'm hoping so. <laughs> Jenna, for for my listeners, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what do you do, and what makes you so special? Oh, man. Um, so my name is Jenna. I am a freelance graphic designer by day and a painter by night, and then a TikToker on my breaks, apparently. Um, I... I don't really know what makes me super special. I think the difference and what I, the feedback that I get from a lot of my followers is the fact that like, I just, I am exactly who I am. Uh, (laughs) I don't, there are days where I'm, where I'm posting stuff and I look like a trash fire. And then there are days where I look gorgeous and I have boys come to my house and I share that with the world. Like I have apparently no shame and (laughs) I just am exactly who I am. I think that's what a lot of people connect with and, I'm not scared to be that person. Yes. Question mark? <laughs> what was that? I said honesty question mark? I don't know. Yeah. No, I I think, I mean, you hit the nail on the head um, with your own intro. But I'm like, yeah, those are all the reasons why me and my friends have really gravitated and followed you and have been like, oh, my gosh, this girl's so great. And I think a lot of other women have also, and probably everybody, uh, not just women, but... Um, you know, I will tell you this, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know how you'll take this, but it, my when when me and my friend discovered you, because my best friend moved, my best friend Jen, she moved to Montana, and we just in, we talk more now than even when she was here in town, and so yep. we talk a lot now, and and we've started just sending TikToks back and forth and back and forth, and you were on my for you page, and I sent it to Jen, and I said Jen. If cause she's like my hetero life partner, best friend, you know, that kind of best friend. Right. And I said, absolutely. I know. Well, yeah, I was like, Jen, if somehow you and I had a kid, I think this would be her. 
<laughs> I felt like, especially even like looks wise and stuff, I'm like, I bet you if you molded us together, this would be our kid. And then we kind of, just for a little bit, had a little joke, like, what's our girl doing now? Oh, I hope she's okay. She's out, she's in the desert. I hope these guys are okay, you know? But then, um, but then that faded away. But that was our obsession. Uh, it's truly my entire family, so you just, like, fit right in. My entire family is constantly worried about me. Like, they're just like, we have no idea where she is in the world, one. Two, we have no idea what she's doing because she refuses to call us. Three, she shows up every few months, and she's like, great, and then we're just terrified because she leaves again. Like, that's essentially my entire existence. So, welcome. Welcome to the family. Now you can feel how the rest of my family feels on a regular basis. So, I think that is so unique and inspiring because it's that sense of, is it wanderlust? Is it, is, you're a free bird. Like, you, you're independent. You're doing your thing. And I think a lot yeah. of us go, gosh, you know, I think that sounds great. Like, is that something just that is innately you? Tell us more about that aspect of your personality. I honestly think it is. I think it's so sewn into me as a human being. Like I can't, I can't help it. When I was really young, um, I was, I was quite a bit of a troublemaker. Um, I was raised by a single mom who was a teacher, so she worked really long hours. And I lost my father at a very young age, so I was just like, and I was always really creative and like, I never liked school I never liked rules I never liked any of that so like I I was 16 when I got kicked out kind of for the first time and I lived in my in my car uh and then I just kind of traveled around to all my friends houses and then like was living out of my explorer and like would like go down to Mexico and like Rosarito for like like two weeks at a time and I think like it's as I became a teenager and like really got a sense of who I was I just knew that like travel was a really big deal for me and like I couldn't sit still. Like I have extremely bad ADHD. I cannot sit still for longer than five minutes. And for me, it was just like always, I was always searching for something new. Like I never had like a firm friend group. I was always bouncing between friends. And then that just kind of continued into my adulthood. You know, I, I moved to Portland to go to college. But even when I was in college, I was using my college fund money to fly to Venezuela and South America to do tattoo conventions. Oh my God. Which is probably not what they were supposed to give me money for, but I used it anyway. Uh, and then, you know, came back, finished college, and then went over to Europe, traveled in Europe for a really long time, came back. And now that I'm in my 30s, I kind of made the decision that I was like, roots are healthy. Like, they're not scary. Roots are good for you. So I kind of made this really big transition in life, and I bought a house. I bought a house in the middle of the desert near no one. So no one can come here. No one can bug me. I can just like create in my own weird space and I'll come out of my hole every once in a while to like see the world and then I go back into it. Oh my gosh, Jenna. So many people right now are like, yes, that right there. So (laughs) you know what's really neat? It sounds like you've always, you know, obviously you've always been this free spirit and really driven to do what you want to do, but you still have a really good sense of like North. You know, you're like, this is what I need to do, and I'm, you know, and and you parlayed all that into a professional career and yeah. some hobbies. Like, where do you think that north comes from? Your mom? I think or? that north comes from a little bit of like who I am and my and my mother. So, um, my father, they got divorced before I was one. So I literally just grew up with my mom, and then my dad passed away by the time I was nine. But in my family, college is the only way. Uh, it is unacceptable to to not do college. Uh, that is just the only rule. And so I spent 10 years going to college. 
Uh, it took me a really long time to graduate from school because I hated it and I didn't fit into it. Um, but it was always kind of like, my mom was always just like, this is the one thing you have to achieve and you cannot be unhappy for the rest of your life. And you need to be able to take care of yourself. My mom was a single mom. Like that was it. You have to be able to take care of yourself. You cannot depend on anybody else. So it was always for me, it was like, I don't want to be miserable one. And two, I have to be able to support myself. And that's the Mm -hmm. only thing that I've ever kept in my mind. It doesn't matter what country I'm in. It doesn't matter if I have a partner, if I don't have a partner, I have to be able to take care of myself and I have to be able, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, that's the one thing my mom always drove into my head. That's beautiful. And it's such good advice um, because then you'll always be set up like you can you can wander and then you'll always be like taken care of. Um, That's good. It took me a long time to finish college also. Um, Yeah, but (laughs) I should be a doctor. How long did it take you? Um, I'd say a total of probably either seven or nine years. Yeah, that's real life. But I never stopped. I never stopped going. Yeah. Did you just take like small incremental classes? Uh, Yes, I started working and that I think is the dumbest. Mm -hmm. Now looking back, I wish I hadn't worked. I wish I had traveled. And you just kind of start getting addicted to to having a paycheck and needing benefits. And I'm like, I never used that shit back then. Why I didn't need that. I should have traveled. We're young, we didn't need dental. Yeah, I, it took a really long time, but now I'm like, and it was I was really self conscious about it, but now I'm like, hey, it's over, and it's been a long time since I graduated, so you know. I know it's a weird feeling, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, like everything was so structured back then, and then you graduate, and you're like, I'm sorry, we have freedom. What do you want me to do? Exactly. You, no, what? What? I just have to pay bills. That's the only restriction. <laughs> well, that's why I started comedy five years ago because I was like, what am I going to do with my time? Like. My friends are having kids and getting married and I don't have anything to do. You know, what do I do with myself? You're like, I need a hobby. You're like, I need to do something that I genuinely enjoy and like I'm passionate about because otherwise your soul starts to wither and die. Yeah. And it becomes like, I need to do something for me. And by the way, to pull this back in, that's why Jen moved to Montana. She wanted to do something like for everyone was like, is there a guy there? Are you moving for a guy? And she was like, nope, I'm doing this for me. And I kind of get it now. At first, I was like, are you okay? <laughs> but I get are it. You sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, fantastic. That's That just sparks that in me to go like, what else do you want to do? Like, do all the things. Who cares? Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. I mean, in my head, it's always been like, you only live one life, right? And if you look back and you don't see something that you like, then why the fuck are you here? Why, why are you here? I don't, I don't see the point otherwise. I, yeah. my, you know, I think it comes from the fact that my mom died really young. She waited her entire life, uh, to like see the world and to be a person until she retired yeah. to enjoy her life. And then literally less than a year in, she passed away. And so it was like, why wait? I'm tired of this. I don't want to work myself to the bone and then figure out that I'm miserable and then not see any of the world or not enjoy myself or not be happy. I don't want that. Yeah, nobody on their deathbed says, I wish I would have worked more. No one. No one will ever say that. Like, it's not. Yeah. So for me, that's that's like always the driving force. Like, if you're unhappy, you need to change something. Yeah. If you're unhappy, you need to like reposition, reposition. Reposition. It's <laughs> recalculating. Da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be, you got to just like pull the one away and put in a three and see how that works. And if that doesn't work, do the same thing, but do it again with a five. Like, 
just keep trying until something works. Cause I remember this professor in college said something really great. And she was like, you have to make a pile of garbage before you get something good. And I was like, yeah, that's basically what life is. You just have to dig through a pile of trash and then you're going to find this like one rad thing. I think that's true with dating too, right? 100%. <laughs> oh my God. Trash. trash. No, I'm sorry. Trash everywhere. <laughs> it's, it's truly like a sea. When they're like, there's so many fishes. I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, there are a lot of fishes. And a lot of them have hooks in their mouths already. And I don't understand any of them. Like, why? Oh, Jesus. So that's a pretty good segue because that's a huge part of your TikTok. I feel like, um, and and I feel like, and and I could be wrong, but like that was like, <laughs> feels weird to say early, early Jenna TikTok. And now yeah. I feel like we're getting more into Jenna and your art and like more stuff. But so I, I want to kind of take that same route. But like speaking of guys and, you know, partners and all of that, um, <laughs> I guess my first question is, how do you do it Leave it living in the desert? Like, that's my you know, first, like... I was oh. a little... I was a little... I was a little nervous. When I first came out here, I was like, I am never going to get laid again. Like, there is never going to be a day where I'm going to get dicked down. Like, never again. <laughs> um, and then I moved out here, and I was like... I like I have, like, all the dating apps. I was like, all right, we're going to, like... This is serious. So I, like, really started swiping through stuff and looking for people... And uh, I started having, like, a few really good connections. And when I was like, well, how do you want to do this? They were like, oh, I'm happy to come up there. Like, you live in a beautiful place. I'm stoked. And I was like, for real, though? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And so, like, one dude drove two and a half hours to, like, dick me down for four hours. I thought he was going to spend the night. He was here for seven hours total. Oh, like, my God. come in, intro, have a few beers, and then, like, spend four and a half hours really putting in that work, and then leave. Like, I just couldn't. Mind blown. Mind blown. I was like, you, sir, are a gentleman and a scholar. Oh, my God. I'm just dancing and floating. I'm like, what? I just, like, I was so, I was like, and then once he came here, I was like, I got this. And I've never, I'm going to be very honest, I've never had a, a problem with getting maintenance men to arrive to where they need to be. Uh, I've never had an issue with getting dudes here. It's always the the long term that's more of an issue for me because I'm a very picky human being, but I'm also horny as fuck. Like maintenance men. Got maintenance it. men. Yeah, that's their job. They're not, not all men are created equal the same way that not all women are created equal. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's pretty good. There was one um, video that I really liked where you were sh- sharing how you blocked him before he left the driveway. What was wrong with that guy? Why was that so awkward? Oh, man. Okay, so I met him on FetLife. And I don't know if you know anything about FetLife, but it's basically a website for kinky-ass human beings. Um, and so and oh, that's like, I, I meet a lot of people there. What's okay. up? Fetish life. Like, fet- yes, that's okay. Like fet- yeah, fetish life. <laughs> uh, so I met him on there, and he, <clears throat> he was, I mean, very nice body. Like, he lives in Riverside, has his own house. I was like, check, check, check. This is great. Awesome. Uh, and he comes out to the base, which is at 29 Palms. I was going to say, so are you near 29 Palms? Like, I imagine you probably have a, a good military, maybe, Paul? Yeah. So I'm very weird about military men. Um, I dated a Marine for many years. And we can get into that as a side conversation. So me and military men are like, uh, uh, uh. Also, okay. I'm just like a hard rock, like, very verbal 
like feminist so it's you know it's hard Does, yeah gotcha. uh, we'll uh, yeah so he obviously he works he's a contractor for for the military and he came out and so we were supposed to just get coffee and i had like told him like i just wanted to get coffee and then he was like well the coffee line sucks like do you want to just hang out at the house and i was like yeah we can hang out at my house like i'm down because i knew we were gonna fuck i was like that's cool and then we got here and then like how we interacted with each other just wasn't natural like it like you know when you're just like hanging out talking to somebody like it feels good like there's magnetism yeah it just floats it felt like there was a giant lead wall in between us i was like why why and then i was like you know what i was like it might just be me like he's very very attractive like and i might be a little self-conscious right now so maybe it's me and then so we hopped into bed boop boop and um it just like we just weren't we weren't connected and i was like all right this is not gonna fly and we both just kept like trying to connect but we were just like trying to connect in terrible ways and i just like i checked my phone halfway through it i was like please make this and and go away like i'm done and i'm fucking far too polite to be like your dick is awful. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't do that. Because I feel like you're coming into sex and you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position. I Wait, don't... was his dick awful? Um, His dick wasn't awful. It just, like, wasn't a dick for my vagina. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, like my, my vagina didn't like his dick. I'm sure oh. his dick is great for other people and maybe you know, other women, but it just wasn't good for me. It was, it was like Goldilocks. Yeah, like yeah. it wasn't a bad dick. It just wasn't the right fit. <laughs> I, you know, sometimes if, uh, you know, if it's a good fit, it can make up for a lot of other things. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like I've hooked up. Like my ex boyfriend of four years did not have like a giant penis. Mm-hmm. He and it like kind of swung to the left, and it like what like it was a little like weird. But it was perfect for me. Like, literally every single time it went in, I was like, this is great. I don't know what it is. It's the thickness. It's the I don't know. But it fits in perfect. And it doesn't need to be Gymondus or, like, your, you know, or small or whatever. Like, it just needs to be right for you. It is Goldilocks, truly. (laughs) You know, I think it was, like, 2017 or 2018 was a really good year. And I saw, like, a lot of good, like, those big dicks that you just never I feel like I never saw or experienced and then in this one year it was like wow they just like all came out like you were just pulling big dick energy you were like come to me come to me and you know what I noticed about it it was like the kind of you know this is my problem I'm not as free like I'm free when I'm just chatting with my friends but then on my podcast I think oh no so and so is gonna listen and so and it's like you have to just say fuck it like who cares right doesn't matter. But it's like that dick, I call it ugly face dick because you can't even be cute anymore. You can't even be like, ooh, yeah, ooh, poppy. It's like, ugh, 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 ugh. <laughs> you know, like you're just making these like There's ugly faces. You can do. You're just like, ugh, hang on. Oh, I miss that. It's like a pole ball. You're like, my God, <laughs> nothing I can do. <laughs> Did you say pole ball? <laughs> I've been on those dicks and it's it's terrifying. (sighs) Pull ball and dick. It's not always great. (laughs) Oh, I miss Whoever has that very deep vagina, I hope they find each other. (laughs) Yeah, because you mad. I mean, maybe that's me. I don't know. I don't know. My thing is, I don't know. I can't compare. I've, you know, I don't have any experience with other people's vaginas. So, like, I don't know is, 
you know. Now, I feel like guys will always say, oh, that's bomb-ass pussy. Or well, they always say that. And I'm like, yeah. it's probably because it's like the pussy you're with is the best pussy at the moment or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's a thing. But it's also kind of like the same thing as, as dicks. Like, it's, like, you can find, like, a really good one that you just had a one-off with. And you're like, God, that dick was good. Like, that was a good dick. Like, I just, it was pretty. It fit in real nice. Like, everything was right. And then they just, you know, fly into the night. You'll never see them again. It's kind of the same thing with pussy. Like, and everybody has their preference. Because I'm not not heterosexual. So it's, you know, like, I have met, I've met a few pussies. One or two has scared me because I was like, holy shit, I don't know what that is. And then the other ones, I'm like, wow, those are the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And it's the same with all genitalia, I feel. <laughs> it's just kind of a, it's, God, Goldilocks just keeps coming back. It's a preference. You know, saying genitalia really brings it back into perspective of what we're talking about. And like, it's, yeah. it's, it's not. I mean, I think especially for me too, like I really blew up on TikTok because I'm a single female kind of looking for a male, yeah. but I'm not straight. So for me, it's just genitalia. Like it's just what's below the underwear. Like it's not anything to me that, I don't know, one way or the other. It's weird, it's a weird concept. So I'm picturing, um, I'm doing a lot of like stickers right now. I'm thinking about merch stuff. And I think your sticker yes. would be like, just genitalia. <laughs> oh my God. That's what I should start doing. I should just start doing TikToks about, I'm like, listen, I don't care what you have down there. Like, just come over here and let's have weird sex and then be excited about it. Like, um, awesome. And you're a graphic designer. You could probably make your own stickers to give oh, to people. Oh, 100% I could do that. Are you this kidding is, me? I'm going to make you send this to me later. Yes. This is one um, my, the girl I work with just made for me. It's like a microphone and a chicken wing. It says Mary of Church Comedy. That. Yeah. So I, it feels very like um, new school tattoo, like with a little banner and like it's perfect for stickers, throw it up anywhere. That's what I'm hoping for. I always want to have something to hand to people after a show so they'll follow me, um, which they don't. And I'm like, ah, I work, you know, I'm like, I had koozies. I had 500 koozies that I would give away. Uh-huh. And I have like 200 followers on that particular site. And I'm like, what the hell? It's just such a crapshoot sometimes, or is it? Deliverables are really hard, I think. So that's what we call it in kind of the professional realm is deliverables. And I think it's, I think, you know, five to 10 years ago, that's what it was all about, right? Like Instagram would do an event and they would have a bunch of stickers. They would have a bunch of cards. They would have like all these, all these like free giveaway things to be able to connect with more of an audience. And now people don't want more stuff. They just, like, they, you have to be able to do it online to blow up for them to be able to connect with you. And it's really, really difficult to be able to, like, have, like, tangible giveaways and people still connect with it. Because people give away stickers all the time or cards all the time and no one cares. Yeah. They did. They did five to ten years ago. But I think that there's a transition happening in kind of the business world because of social media and how we're connecting that is that is happening and it, it's no longer deliverables. And I don't know if we know what it is yet. I know that it's definitely online profiles, but it's it's hard. It's a hard concept. Is it? I, th- I think word of mouth is still a big part of things then. I absolutely agree with that. But you just kind of rocked my world because, I mean, here me and some of my comedy friends, like we, we think about merch and we're like, oh, it'd be really cool to sell these or to hand these out. And it's like, ah. So I think, I think what, in my personal opinion, because I do kind of work in that realm, I think people are tired of quote unquote throwaways. 
So stickers and cards and koozies, those are all throwaways, right? That's a bunch of stuff that you get at festivals that nobody really cares about. They want art. They want stuff that they can take away with them and they can hold and they can like think about a memory, right? You want to create an experience. Mm -hmm. People are, no, that's why Coachella, that's why music festivals are such a big deal. It's because it's an experience. People want to be a part of that and they want to look at something on their wall and they want to remember it. So I think kind of the transition is, is that like artistry is becoming more and more important. And I think it's kind of like coinciding with how conscious we are environmentally. So the throwaways have now dropped away because we're environmentally conscious about the concept of, of creating these things that no one really gives a fuck about. And then wanting mementos and wanting these these things that you can hold on to and look at forever. So I think more is like screen printing. People are really, really into screen printing right now. So screen printing posters, hand done like one of a kind. Like these are, you get 15 of these. Like people are still coming back around to the, the idea of like limited supply. We really want these. That was super common at like seven or ish years ago. And then it kind of died down because the economy got better. And so people had more money for more nonsense. Uh, and now we're coming back to that because the economy is also going to shit again so interesting weird thing to talk about (laughs) no no that is so fascinating hmm so it's something i do every day yeah so is that in your day job or in your hobby in your painting or is it in your graphic design tell me a little bit about that as a career I think, I think that's more my day job. I think um, my painting is really for me, and, and I think that it's becoming kind of has – it's become a following. But my day job is truly working with companies, um, and I prefer to work with smaller companies, companies that aren't super giant. I have mm-hmm. worked with Walmart. I have worked with Sam's Club. I mm-hmm. have worked with very – like Deutsche Telekom is where I did my first internship, and they own T-Mobile. Oh, yeah. So they are the larger company of T-Mobile. And I've worked with very, very large companies. I don't prefer to work with them. I really like to work with small to mid-sized companies that are trying to to make a name for themselves and try to break into this giant economy base. It's it's just, it's really hard. Social media, like a lot of people don't know what to do with that. A lot of people don't know how to position themselves. And so I really like to get them to a point where like they have a web presence, they they are able to reach out to their consumer base. And like right now I work with one second every day, which is an app for videos. Um, and they are really great cause they're a mid-sized company who are very well known, but they're still trying to reach out to people in the middle of this crisis and, yeah. and they're a good company. And I think that's part of the transition in myself was like three to four years ago. I made the decision that I only wanted to work with companies that I believed in and that I believed in their morals. Jenna, you're so deep. Oh my gosh. I mean, I didn't think you weren't, but I am so like, right now I'm so like inspired and now the wheels are turning and that's fantastic. Yeah. That's that's, that's what I do for my clients. Like that's what I want. I want them to feel inspired by the world. And like, I know it's a really hard thing to look at and to like break into, but like once you do and once something catches fire, like it's beautiful and it's like, that's the whole point of TikTok is like engaging people and like being able to like see people be as excited as you are about the stuff that you give a shit about. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I have so many ideas. Um, yes. I love ideas. Ideas yeah. are great. Um, oh my gosh. I love it. So you had some wings, no? Yes. yes. I have wings. And I didn't even ask That's you good. if you were like, do you eat meat? Yes, I do eat okay. meat. I don't eat meat um, like as much as I used to. I used to be a lot more 
meat eatery. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to do less and less of that because I don't know. I'm just more and more aware. I'm so sorry for that. I think that's me. That's, that's no, that's definitely me. Um, um, I had one earlier, so it's fine. Um, I have done episodes that were like vegan or, you know, whatever wings. It's fine. Like we're all inclusive here. Um, but so we made out of anything. (laughs) Wings just bring people together. It's a nice excuse to talk about, you know, other things. So yeah, it's basically in here. So the whole reason I was like really excited about this is because, you know, the TikTok where, um, they always like shove the meat down on, yes. the, on the lollipop stick. We've been thinking I wanted about to that. try it so bad, but at this point, these wings are not super hot anymore, and I oh. don't think it's gonna fly. Are you gonna try it? I'm still gonna try it. Can I record it from my phone? Yes. Okay. Wait, but we gotta like. I'm gonna have to lift it up so that. Okay, hold on. So. Oh my god. Yeah. Don't don't drop your whole. You see? Uh, okay. You go ahead. Oh <laughs> Does god. it work? No, I'm too cold. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, no, it's just no. It didn't work. These are good wings. I don't know. Maybe need shitty wings. Like maybe those are really good-looking wings. Where are they from? Um, <coughs> I'm sorry. I have so much in my mouth right now. Um, so they're called Alien Outposts. They're literally like, obviously, I live in the middle of nowhere. There's no food places. There's there's two places within 10 minutes of my house, and it's a pizza place. It also has wings, which is where I got these. And then um, a very nice, like, upscale place that definitely feels like it should be in L.A. Uh-huh. One of the only great places to eat in the entire valley. Um, and they're currently closed because yeah. pandemic. They look like pretty nice, big, fat wings, like meaty they're wings. They're giant-ass wings. What flavor are they? They're called Suicide. What? Which- I know. I was very scared because I thought that meant they were hot. And I was like, I can't do a podcast and eat hot wings. Like, that's not, that's not doable. But they're hot. They're like hot and barbecue mixed together. Oh, yeah. So they have like a really good dimension to them. They're solid wings. Okay. So could I call this episode Alien Outpost Suicide Wings with Jenna Blanc? Oh, my God. Okay. I'm so into that. That's the whole thing about where I live is they're all obsessed with aliens. Yeah. Which I think is um, There is a little stretch from um, Freeway 8, the I-8 up to Freeway 10 called Gila Bend. I don't know if you've been yeah. through there. There is like the alien cafe and like this alien motel. And I've always wanted to stay there or eat there. But it's like too close to Phoenix to, to stop. Like on your way to California, you, you yeah, want to be. like, I'm almost home or I'm, I just left. Exactly. Um, I'm originally from San Diego, so I know all about going to Rosarita, um, or Rosarito. Um, we used to go to Tijuana all the time, not just because I have family there, I'm half Mexican, but like one week from 18 to 20, that's where we would go because we could drink. Yep. So I feel you there. We started going immediately as soon as we turned 16. We were like down (laughs) in Tijuana every fucking weekend. Absolutely. (laughs) We were like trash all the time. And then I think I was, I was 18 or 19 years old and girls started to get kidnapped. Oh shit. And we were like, maybe we can't go to Mexico anymore. So we, we, we tried to go to Mexico less. And then it got to the point where like you had to have a passport to go over there. And so it just wasn't, and none of us had passports. We were too young to like invest in that. And then I moved to Portland. But, uh, yeah, it was, we used to go all the time and get into, I mean, those little taco carts outside of the clubs. Yeah. And you were like, I don't really know what this meat is because you couldn't really recognize it, 
but it was so fucking good and like so slow cooked by like abuelita and like yeah. use lard like lard the right fucking way like tacos the right oh god it was so good <laughs> I, miss, I miss it so bad I, mexico mexico won't even have us in right now our passports oh my closed. gosh yeah well for me it was around like 96 97 98 and i turned 21 okay, in you're than me. yeah but the good old days, right? And I was really confident in Mexico because I grew up going there every weekend because my grandparents and my aunts and uncles lived there. Um, and I, you know, I even knew how to, like, drive there okay, you know? Yeah. Um, I never had a thing. I grew up with nothing but, like, Hispanic families around me. And so, like, I remember the first time I ever went to a quinceanera, I was like, yo, is this what family feels like? Because um, my family is, like, white and weird, and they don't do this. And you guys are all hanging out and drinking, and I love you. And, oh, my God, like, you're just feeding me nonstop. Like, I was so excited. to. That was the first time I ever, like, figured out what family should be as opposed to what I grew up in. That is the sweetest thing. And you know what? I, I can see that. Like, Mexican families, and I feel like a lot of people of color are so welcoming of other people. They're just like, come in. Let me take care of you. Mm -hmm. Let me feed you. Like, let me just, like, you're just a part of, of the family now. Like, you were brought here by someone we love. Therefore, we love you. Yeah. Like, there, and there's never a question. There's never a, you have to prove yourself. Like, you can be a hot fucking mess. You can be, like, like taking six shots of tequila with, with like, uncle, and he's not going to be, like, and you're going to be on the floor, and he's never going to be, like, oh, you fucked up. Right. Like, never. They're just going to take care of you and, like, give you tamales and, like, call it a day. Like, it's never – that's the first time that I ever was, like, is this what unconditional love feels like? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, it was a big, I think, me coming into, like, Hispanic family. That's when I started, like, escaping down to Mexico and El Salvador, like, in my, all the time. Because I was like, oh, my God, this is right. This feels right. Yeah. What, um, so, yeah, you went to South America. You said for tattoo conventions? Yeah, so my, my first really big one was in Venezuela, like, right before uh, the quote-unquote revolution happened. Uh, I was there two weeks before. So I flew in two weeks before, and then I was there for 10 days. And we did it. So we just, like, traveled around and saw the country. And uh, I was at a tattoo convention, and I got quite a few tattoos. So I was there to basically be, like, a quote-unquote showpiece. Okay. So I was there to compete in all of the different competitions so that my tattoo artist could get awards and yeah. be recognized um and so and then I was I just traveled with him and like helped him get clients and like help him get all set up and stuff like that and that was like a huge reason is why I started traveling in the first place yeah. uh and then right literally the day after I left the revolution came in like so there was like AK-47s on the street my my uh hotel had been like the water had been shut off by the government and then they would like force it back into the city uh into Caracas and then so our hotel started leaking it was it was insane that was the first time I think a a very uh, middle-class white girl went into a situation that she was like not prepared for and I was yeah. like oh this is what the real world looks like I actually really like this even though it's a little scary and a little dangerous I've I very much understood the difference of how we live every day to day in America as opposed to the rest of the world it's real it's people fighting it's people who are like underserved, underprivileged saying, you know, I fucking had enough and the leaders aren't leading and you guys need to get the fuck out. Yeah. And like, I mean, I was, I literally gave, like I was hanging out with these boys that were really young and like, they were telling me their stories and I was like, holy shit. Like they are so much older than they should be yeah. because they have dealt with things that I would have never seen 
growing up and like they grew up in a very different situation and I very suddenly realized that everything that I had ever been taught in the American education system was fucking garbage and uh it was a lie and so I had to had to figure out how to learn for myself and how to actually talk to people in the countries that I gave a shit about and to, and to reach out and understand the world in a different way than I had ever been taught how to. And I think that changed me as a person. Absolutely. And I think in the very least, it gives you the awareness and and you already said it, that other places and other people don't live like we do here. I was just saying this to my dad and I said, as, as privileged or whatever as I am, I grew up going to Tijuana every weekend to visit my uncles and my aunts and my parents. And like my mom would would collect and just bring a shit ton of stuff of clothes, of shoes, of you know, all this stuff for people because uh, well she would sell it and she would give it away and she because they don't have as much as we do. So at least I had this awareness yeah. of people don't have everything. We have, they don't indoor plumbing, you know, or they didn't. Um, and I think that's really valuable and I think a lot of people don't really get it no i think that if you especially just like grow up in this isolated cube that is america and like we are propaganda is like the at the highest it's ever been but we have always been this way we have always been this especially for the past 120 years uh we like to isolate our own country and kind of tell each other the only only information that quote unquote matters uh and and so it's just really funny because all of a sudden you go out of the country and you're like whoa I was wrong. We were all wrong. Uh, I feel real dumb and I'm trying. And a lot of people, when they feel dumb, they just reject it and they refuse to believe it. But instead you need to understand it and be like, oh, it's not my fault that I'm dumb, but it is my responsibility to educate myself and make sure that I'm fully aware of what's going on in the rest of the world because we are so isolated. Like you have to find other sources. You can't just rely on on our news and our government to tell us because they're not going to. Yeah. And Jenna, I think it comes full circle, that empathy, that willingness to like understand other people and other cultures. That's what those Mexican families saw in you and said, you yeah. know what? We can tell like she is a good girl. And then as you go, oh, I hate that term. Good girl. Why did I say that? She's, you know, she's a good people. <laughs> she's good people is what it is. Right. And then when you travel too, that's why people connect with you. Cause they're like, I can tell she's good people, you know? So, um, Oh, no, I think you froze. Oh, yeah, it is frozen. I can still hear you, though. Hopefully, it'll unfreeze soon. There it goes. Oh, yeah, you are here. You're back. Yeah. You're back. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's just really powerful. And I do, I love talking to those people because you're open to thinking that maybe this, I don't know, maybe what we've been taught isn't quite true. I, yeah, and that's the only, I mean, especially in this day and age and, and the current political climate that we're under is the fact that, like, we all just need to understand that, like, you don't know shit. You don't know shit. Yeah. And that goes for every single person in the world. You don't know shit. There is so much to know. And if you only know 2% of it, you don't know shit. And like, you need to always be open to anyone's opinion, you know, unless it's bigoted and racist, uh, because those no longer qualify. Uh, but you need to be open and, and be willing to have those conversations. I've always really prided myself in the fact that like, 
I have very conservative family in certain parts of my family. And I, I really genuinely try to be as open and honest and have good conversations because if I get angry, they shut down yeah. and then I can't change their mind. And that's the scary part because right now we're all so emotional and it's, and there's certain days where I can't do it. I have to just walk away because fuck you for believing that he's a good president or whatever. Yeah. You know, like I, it's, it's hard, but at the same time, I, I think it's worth trying to put the work in. God, this got weird and political. No, I mean, I, I think it's <laughs> as well as it should, as well as it should, you know, like it's almost hard to not have a conversation these days without kind of evaluating what's going on around you. Um, I am really curious though, to see, you know, 10 years from now, five years, 15 years from now, what the art will look like, what the you know, what the publications will look like, the, like studying this time frame, what that will look like. And you know what? When you're in the middle of it, you really can't see it. But there's so many things when you pull back, they're going to go, oh, yeah, he was colluding with Russia. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. it'll just be common knowledge. But right now it's like, well, like it feels very blurry. But I think in five years, 10 years, or hopefully one year, it's going to be like, oh, no. he, Oh, yeah, that totally happened. Yeah, we're super, super aware. I mean, right now, you know, he's he's in the office, so they're like, oh, we have all this evidence that he's a pedophile, but, like, no one wants to believe it, you know? Or at least that side doesn't want to believe it. And yeah. so it's like, oh, evidence isn't enough for you. But that's just because – that's because of propaganda. That's because of, of – uh, being a patriot, there's all this this nonsense that goes around in it. But I think it's going to just go down in, in history just like it did with Nixon. Like, yes, I know that you were unaware at the time and you were a little wishy-washy about the fact that he did this. But it was all real. It was all real. This is all relevant. Like, um, I, I listened it, a couple years ago, started listening to a podcast called Muller She Wrote. And it really, like, um, it was from some comics that I know uh, who are very interested and knowledgeable on the topics and would really sort out the Russia investigation. So I feel like that's where I got a lot of my education. It was, And they've since ended the podcast, but it is a good piece of work. And I think she's really proud of it for that sense to like people can go back and look at it and go, you know, here's what was ha- They had a fantasy indictment league. It was like, who's going to get yeah. arrested? And now a lot of those people have been exonerated or commuted sentences or overturned. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Is that normal? It's insane that now we have to go to podcasts for real uh, information. So our, our, yeah, our, our quote unquote news is no longer reliable. We have to go to uh, podcasts and TikTok to be able to figure out what's actually going on in our country, yeah. which is absolutely bonkers. However, uh, quote unquote freedom of press will always find a way, right? Like yeah. we will always find a way to spread the truth amongst each other. We will always have the ability to be able to, to reach out and connect with one another, especially in this day and age. Like back in the day, it took a little more time because we had to write secret letters and like give them to people. But instead now we have TikTok, and it's yeah. a little more instant, but like, we're still, we're still going to do it. We're still going to have a revolution. It is, you know, I think TikTok might be today's day and age, like their secret, um, you know, uh, underground kind of network of communication so that, you know, whoever doesn't find out, um, it's really, it is odd. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's the great thing about TikTok. Like as much as my content is very like surface, like paint and like, and stuff, like I, most of my feed is honestly like like Portland news. Like I like, that's my home. I love it. And so I wanted to know everything that was going on. I want to know about Chicago. I want to, you know, like I want to know what's happening in the world. And so a lot of my feed is news, which is really, really funny because I just don't trust anybody else. Like I want to see it for myself. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I again, I can't wait to see, you know, what what studied about that, like Portland being an epicenter, Chicago and Minneapolis being an I was in Minneapolis yeah. doing a weekend at the House of Comedy there um, right before this pandemic, you know, right. Before, it was the last thing I did before the shutdown. And oh, shit. it was just kind of odd and like, oh, I was just there and not to try to make it about me, but like. It's like no, oh. but it's that it's like you, if you were there that many weeks later, if the pandemic didn't hit or whatever, like you saw the city right before the change. Like that's the thing about revolution, right? Like it's got to burn down before it can get built back up again. Amen. Um, spe- <laughs> speaking of TikTok, um, yeah, I was gonna. Well, I guess I kind of know, but I was gonna say, what are your favorite like TikToks? What are you watching? What's your favorite thing to watch okay. there? So, I, I mean, a lot of this stuff, like, on my feed is, is like, news-based because I want to be able to be connected. However, do I enjoy that? No. Like, I just get mostly anxiety-driven and stressed out from it because the world is on fire and I'm terrified of it. However, uh, okay, so Big Boosty is one of my favorites because literally he just, like, calls it out as it is. Uh, he just puts up, like, vibe checks and does music, and he's just, like, one of the most real human beings and I, I love him. Like, he was one of the first TikTokers that I ever found that I was like, yo, I relate. You are fire. You literally just want to, like, hang out and vibe. And there's just, I love reality. The suitcase is also, and these are both dudes, and I feel really bad for saying that. Uh, the suitcase is also the same thing where, like, he's just very honest and, like, does all these sounds on TikTok and it just makes me giggle. And also, he's very attractive and tiktok thirst is real uh, <laughs> it definitely helps. uh but yeah and like there's there's a bunch of like a, all these female artists that i love to follow um not that i can figure out any of the names right now i but, like the there's one girl i really like who um she does makeup she has like that thick boston accent and she looks completely different and then she, she's like oh, oh they uh, but she's so sweet and she's like when she does her makeup she's like She's gorgeous anyway, but like when she does I it, I feel like, like it's Jersey. Are you sure it's Boston? I'm not sure of anything. Um, I feel like she's Jersey. Is it Michaela? I, think I know exactly who you're talking about, and she is like so damn good. Yeah. Um, and she, I, like all of a sudden, you're like, I'm sorry. How did you get your face to do that? Like, I'm not that good at makeup. Yeah, and she knows everything. She knows all the techniques. She's like so good, and I think her name's Michaela. And I can tell she's like getting sponsored because now she's like, I like this and this. Yeah. You guys need to go fight yourself somewhere else. Go away. Are those your cats? Oh, yeah. How many Hold cats on. do you have? I have two. But my house is very dirty. Can you see them? Yeah. They're fighting. One's over there and one's over there. They both have one eye. So together they have a full set. So together they have a full set. <laughs> no, I love your house. And I. Awesome. I'm like, stand together. Stand together so you can see. <laughs> Is it a different eye, or do they both have the right eye? They both have the same eye out, so they both have their left eye gone. So if they stand together, it's like, I know I, I know I. Everybody's always like, they should have the opposites. And I was like, listen, we can only hope for eye loss for cats for so much. Like, what do you want me to do? I'm very specific. Yeah, um, I was like, I don't know why the left eye is always the eye. You know what? No, I always, um in, in your TikToks, I, I love your house because it has that, like, California desert art chic, you know, the... I think you got like terracotta and that like, yeah. yeah, like I love that aesthetic. I know I got this wood. I, it's I'm slowly. I've I've only lived here for two months, so I'm oh. like slowly getting it done and like painting your. I painted two more walls today. I like yeah, it's slowly getting there. 
we're making it happen. I'm eventually going to put it on Airbnb when I'm traveling. Yeah. So, like, people can come and rent the house. But that's going to be, you know, I mean, our passports are worthless. So it's going to be a little bit for that. You know what? I did. Somebody brought that up. And I was like, oh, crap. And mine's going to expire probably another year. And I'm like, oh. You're not going to be able to use it. You might as well, like, put in for the for the refresh. Because you're not going to be able to use it. Yeah. Not for the next year. Um, we were talking about, before our break, about your favorite TikTokers. Who are your favorite TikTokers, Jenna? Uh, so I, so I brought up Big Boosie and I brought up the suitcase just because of their, their straight reality. Like they are, they're just so genuine and real. And then, um, Cora McLaren, which is like, she, she drove during the pandemic to find this boy and then like got there and it all went super wrong and then that's how she blew up on tiktok oh my god i need to see this she talks like it's just she's very similar to me in the fact that it's like the garbage fire of the dating scene Mm -hmm. and i love her for it i think she's canadian and i just love her desperately um juggling the jenkins which is she's super huge and verified but she uh used to be an addict and like is very honest about her life and i love her for that and like she's juggling the what i know a lot of women have gotten i don't just good vibes from her yeah i'm sorry to interrupt you juggling no, no, you're fine. what's her juggling the jenkins oh jenkins yeah okay Ooh, these will be some good ones to check out yeah especially if you dig my content it's like the same vein and then kind of the last one is maddie.kirby so I have to bring her up because I worked with her at a toy company in Portland. She has like 286,000 followers. So like for me, I I met her in the in the work frame of mine and she does social media management. Uh, and then she kind of like helped me along. Like I, I didn't ever, I didn't plan on like getting followers. I didn't, that was, I was just like hanging out on TikTok, like making stupid videos and it happened. And so she's been super helpful of like fostering that and mm-hmm. like, I really want to give her an opportunity to like help foster other people because she understands the platform and like understands how, how it works on such a deep level that like, I really want to like set her up. We've always been talking about doing like a woman and woman business where we help support other women to become bigger creators. Cause it's, it's harder. And especially if they're not like, quote unquote, shaking their ass on TikTok. There's right. nothing wrong with that. Shake your ass. I want to see it. I love to see it. Like be, do it. However, not all of us are, are super comfortable doing that or want to do that. And I think that she has this like, just this beautiful spirit and this supportiveness that I want to see her. I want to see her succeed in everything she does. She's a great person. I love that. Thank you so much for those recommendations. Yeah. Um, one of the, a couple of the challenges that really caught my eye early on TikTok, and I, I'm such a puss. I just, um, the kiss your best friend challenge really got me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cry. Like the ones that you can tell were real in the beginning. Like now they're just doing it. Yeah. But like the ones in the beginning, I was like, <gasps> he kissed her if I had discovered this like two weeks earlier, I probably would have done that to my guy friend who I liked. <laughs> then I found out didn't like me back. Um, and that would have been awkward. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I did it with great TikTok though. <laughs> yeah. I did Wait, try is that to try the Tesla. Just asking. Oh no, no, that is my good friend Matt, who um, we are just friends, and uh, but we've traveled a lot. I was his roommate for a couple years, and I am just really lucky that he has a lot of disposable income. I get to. But I thought it was so funny. He was hang out. It's good to have friends that you can actually hang out with, and there's not like weird sexual. 
expectations, quote unquote, especially when it comes to a male female relationship. Yeah, we're pretty good with that. Um, like a few years back, like we used to travel and hang out with a big group of friends, but then the friends started getting married and moving on and all this stuff. And I said, Matt, it's got to be you and oh. me. You've got to be okay with it. Nobody else can travel. Um, and so we've got on cruises, but we always kind of like, when we meet people, they think we're married and we fight like we're married and like, we kind of joke like, let's, let's get in a big fight and then let's, I don't know. We always make dumb jokes about it, but, um, no, he's a great guy though. Um, but I, it wasn't neat to, I mean, I have that relationship with my ex-husband except we're no longer romantic, so. (laughs) You, you have an ex-husband. That was something I heard in your video and I was like, you, when did, when, when all of this life you've lived. When did you have time to have this all the time? I was married for six years. So I got married. I got accepted into an art school in the UK and I didn't want to go alone. I was really scared because I was 19 and I had never, it was the first big deal. I'd never really been out of the country. And so I, uh, and, and I had been in love with him, I think since we were 15 and we had just formally started dating for like four or five months. And then I wanted him to come with me. Basically, we ended up not, we ended up going over there, getting locked in a glass box, getting forced to come back to the United States getting married so that he could come with me. And then the day our visas came in was the day that international students had to be at this art school. So we were married. I was 19. I hadn't told my mother. uh, So she didn't know that I was married. And I was miserable because I wasn't in the UK. So I, we ended up moving to Portland and like being married for a few years after that, but we were married for six years total. And my mom found out probably two years in from an anniversary card that his grandparents uh, (laughs) sent us. She was not happy. Jenna. I know. You said you guys are good friends still? We are. We're very good friends. We've been friends since we were 14 and we're still, we're still friends to this day. Like he'll call me every once in a while and like update me on his dating life. And like, I mean, we still chat, like we send stuff on Instagram all the time. Like he's a good person. We just are not humanly compatible uh, in any way, shape or form. We just got confused, you know, yeah. we got confused in the middle. We thought that maybe it was a thing, but it was And there a- was kind of an urgent need and kind of some, some pressure there, like possibly totally. getting married. Yeah. With that. But I didn't I- believe in marriage. I didn't want to tell my mom. <laughs> I still haven't told my parents I have a tattoo. <laughs> we can't, we can't tell them. We don't want them to be disappointed in us. <laughs> I, the, you know, I, um, it's a big part of like my comedy, which is a big part of like my psyche and things I think about at 42. Like, I still feel like I don't think I've ever been in like a really serious relationship and I've never been married. And I, that just, it blows my mind. And I don't understand how one gets engaged. And the other day I was like, did you know people, there are people who have been engaged multiple times? Or people who have lived with a boy? <laughs> I'm like, how do you do that? I have no idea. But I'm kind of tired of stressing about it. And now I'm, I'm just like, eh, eh. Just live. Just be in it. Just live in it. Like, there's no... I, so for me, I spent all of my 20s with a dude. Yeah. Like, the whole 10 years. I mean, I was 25 when I got divorced. And then literally less than four months after I got divorced, I found another guy. And so while I was living on my own... Uh, my mom got sick the first time and I had to go take care of her. And then I ended up having to move in with him less than like eight months after we knew each other. We were together for four years. And then I was traveling Europe with a boy for another like two years. So it wasn't until I was 29 years old. And I had a boyfriend the first time when I was 15. So from 15 to 29, I was with a guy. So I've truly only been on my own in a real way for like three years. And... Mm. 
I was always, and so for me, I was always, I lost my dad really early. I think I was always supplementing and I, and so for women that are in their early forties who have never been in a relationship are so much stronger. I think I've always been the leader, but I I think for me, I was, I needed that for my security. So I'm just in such admiration of you who like has never been in a lot and who's like built their own, their own life for their sake of themselves. I had to build it, but I had to pay somebody at the same time. It's like a little anchor that you have to feed all the time. That's what a husband is. (laughs) You gotta like give them money to support themselves because they can't do it. Yeah. And that would be hard at this point is, is like, I, I do worry that like, what if I don't know how to be in a relationship? What if I can't share and can't share my space? And, um, like, I want somebody to let me be free to be me, but I also want to respect them. And, like, I want them to have presence and not, you know? Like, I don't want to support them. Uh, I want... Uh, it's... I absolutely... See, I always joke that I'm waiting for, for the rounds of divorces to happen. <laughs> like, yes. I'm just waiting for that, that first or second round of them to realize and then be like, hey, do you want a fully independent human being? Like, great, you want to have your own life and I get to have my own life? Great, and that's it. That's all I'm, I'm asking for. I'm trying to write a joke about that. Here it is. It's the first one on my little list. It, yes. it, and the note I wrote to remember later was, I'm trying to find the happiness of a second marriage without the heartbreak of a first marriage. Like, just skip right over that. Lessons learned, like the maturity. Cause I, well, and I do have a joke about that. Like a, I, like a certified pre-owned Lexus, you know, like I can't afford a new one, but maybe I can get a, a good used one. <laughs> yeah, like, like a 2000, like 17, yeah. like it's, it's gotten a few years on it, but like we're still way under a hundred thousand miles. Yeah. I'm looking for, I'm looking for a, a dad who, you know, like has two kids, uh, but they're in middle school, not quite high school yet, so that I can still really bond with them before they hit high school. Because I don't really want my own kids. Sure. I don't really do that whole thing. Uh, I, it just really freaks me out. So that's kind of what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for them to get in. You know, they're they're like mid-40s and come out of that marriage and realize that they just want somebody who's like very independent and they just want to spend their time with that person. Like yeah. that's what I'm waiting for. Absolutely. Um, one of the biggest shockers to me is that these guys have kids now that are graduated or um, they're already grandpas. No. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, you are 46 with like a three-year-old grandchild? Who? Why? I can't even, like my birth control is itchy. Like what do you, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. I did meet one of those, but he had, I think he had that kid when he was young. It's a whole nother story. But you know what makes a nice punchline? Saying, I'm a grandpa fucker now. Like, that always gets a laugh. I love that. I yeah. love that so much. I have a 14-year-old niece, and she is like, I want my mom to get me on birth control. And I'm like, I swear to God, she's 15 next month, and I'm just like, all I can do, like, the only reason I was put on this earth was to tell this girl to not get pregnant because... I swear to God, like, she's going to do it. So I just am like, I will take you. Do you want me to take you? I'll take you to Planned Parenthood. Like, let's get you on birth control. What can I do? My God, please. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, Jenna, I love your glasses. I think it's probably a signature thing of yours. And so I brought my glasses over to put on for you. And first I have these. Those are cute. Those are very much like my other pair. These are by movement and they're blue blockers. Cute, yeah. Gotta, um, gotta have that computer, those computers. Are all of yours prescription? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I am blind as a bat. Oh, really? I have been wearing glasses since I was five years old. 
Oh, oh my gosh. These are one of my favorites. Who are those that you're wearing by? These ones are by Zilul. So I basically have like my, my cat eye ones that everybody fell in love with yes. that are very expensive. Uh-huh. Very, very expensive. Uh, and then I have like a bunch of fun ones. And most of it, so I kind of get a handful of them from like vintage shops. And then I have a handful from Zilul which is Z-E-E-L-O-O-L.com. And they are literally like super cheap glasses. You can put your own prescription in and you can just have a bunch of like ones to change out. And I So you just take it to your optometrist and get them to put your prescription in it? Well, no, you, I mean, you should know your prescription. You can go to an optometrist and get like the card with your prescription on it. And then you just go online and fill it out. You know what? That is such a good idea. Because the one time I brought a pair to my optometrist, I feel like it cost a million dollars because they want you buying that shit from them. Yes, of and course they do. These so are like my, my, my brown pair that are very similar to the pair that you have. I got for $12 before I put my prescription in. Oh. The frames were $12. Dang. That's well, how you do glasses. You know how to do glasses. That should be your title sponsor right there is a glasses company. If I could get Zillow to sponsor me, I would I would wear. Dude, just ask them. Just rate them and say, hey, I've got 10,000 followers. They love my glasses. Give me a promo code. I'm not even kidding. Like, please. I will That's how you, you do money. it. I've already sent people over and gotten you money. Like, give me give me glasses for free. That's so, all I want. Yeah, so that's what I've heard from podcasting and comedy is how you get sponsors. Really, like, they just give you a promo code. I don't know what they agreed to do for you. It probably would be no big deal to give you their glasses because you're wearing them on your lives. But, um, um, you know, they give you a promo code, and then they can track, like, how much traffic, you know, and how much business you're sending them. Oh my God, I would love that. I just want to be like, give me a promo code and then if I make enough money that you can give me a bunch of shit for free. Jenna, Jenna Tales. <laughs> T-A-L-E-S. Okay, these are my, um, these are actually by Lamb Gwen Stefani, um, which actually these are the ones I wear and they're the best black glasses I've had. I can't find Those anything are better. Those super cute. Those actually remind me of my old ones which were by vinyl and they used to have vinyl across and like I love the little the little rivets the two like yeah. blatant rivets they're very classic so you know what's funny is when I first got these I thought they were huge and no. it's over time they either that or my head's gotten bigger um <laughs> but you know the style it was probably 10 years ago when it started getting big I remember my boss thought it was a joke and I was like no I'm trying you know they're stylish or whatever but like even now these don't feel big anymore. But I remember when I first got them, they were huge in my mind. Yeah. But now I I have a very round face. I need very large glasses. I need very wide set glasses. Otherwise, it looks like my face is eating my glasses. Yeah, I don't want that. And I think no. that was probably one of my um, pulls, you know, as, as into your TikTok was, hey, you know what? Her face kind of looks like mine, and I can, you know. You can see yourself. Yeah, we're making these faces. Yeah, yeah we, can do, we can do wide set. Like, we can do cat eye. We can do, you know, like, it just depends on, on it really depends on your face. Like, you have to be able to, I, I hate, I, okay, so I'm, I'm a person who really cares about style in general and, like, cares about personal style. And I think that's kind of a thing that people see on TikTok. I love it. And I really hate when people try to, like, see a trend and then force it on themselves because they're like, it's popular though. It's cool. Like it's trendy. And I'm like, yes, but does it have any connection to you as a person? Like, does it like, does it make sense to you as a, as a human being? Cause if it doesn't, why are you trying? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like there, you know, that's why some of the choices that I make aren't necessarily quote unquote stylish, but I rock the shit out of it because it's for me. It's not for anybody else. I am guilty of that, but I don't wear it in public. I go, Oh, 
uh, does this look good on me? And then my friend Jen will be like, no, Mary, you're not, you know, it doesn't. But I mean, I keep thinking like courage, like sometimes I don't have the courage to do these things that I really like. But I think it's like, and during the pandemic, it's a good opportunity to like, hey, if you want to rock your red lipstick, like do it. That's as, that's um, as bold as I've gotten. There is, like, you need to look at something and be like, who is you, who is something that you've always seen that you, like, really want to do and really want to be into? Like, for years, it took me forever to wear crop tops. And now, like, fat girls wearing crop tops is legit as hell. Like, it's not even that big of a deal. But it took me a long time, and it was before it got popular, but I was like, I want to wear a crop top. Yeah. Like, I have smaller boobies for a small, for a big girl, and I can pull them, and I know I can. And it took me a really long time to be able to, like, have that courage in my own self. And it, you know, it wasn't until my late 20s that I finally kind of got to the point where I was like, fuck it. Fuck it. Anything I want to do, I'm going to do. Because I don't give a shit about your opinion. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care if you look at me weird. Like, come at me. Don't even try it. And so I think when I hit that point in my life, I was like, doesn't matter. Boom. That's just being your authentic self and like yeah. only making you happy. And when you do that, like you attract all the right people, like friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, art, you know, like you attract all the yeah. right. Oh my gosh. This is a lesson your I needed to be. It becomes so much more fulfilling when you live as the person that you are meant to be. Like oh stop fighting against yourself. Stop fighting to get like, fuck the world. The world doesn't make a difference. Like it does not matter. What matters is who you are and what your voice is. And as long as you're true to that, like, everything else will come. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Those are just so – they're perfect words. I, I will say my style thing and in a normal world or when I'm on stage is I love to wear dresses. I wear, um, like, a lot of mod cloth and obviously a lot of tour dresses. Yes. And a lot of comics are like, why do you dress – oh, you dressed up. Oh, you dressed up. And it's like – I can't not dress up. Like, if I dress down, which I know looks cool and, like, I don't care and I'm too cool for school, it's just not me. But in my comedy, I'm, like, you know, delightfully desperate and, like, trying and how come, why not me? I feel like that person is somebody who does their hair and makeup and wears a dress because you're trying too hard. That makes sense. That it's, it's all continuity. Like it all, it has to be a complete image that you're projecting to the world. And it's kind of subconscious. It's like, well, if you're trying so hard, why aren't you trying, you know? So that's huh? kind of my thing that I sometimes defend where I'm like, I just feel more comfortable in a dress. It's because I have a big ass and big <laughs> thighs and it doesn't look, you know, but yeah. No, that that's is such the thing a... too is like I'm very highly feminine in my in my personal life. So I present as like masculine. Like I love to wear t-shirts. I wear a lot of like overalls and jeans and like I don't really wear skirts or dresses because I am like highly emotional and like very, very feminine in my own. And so when I present, I present in like a harder way so that they can't like touch the soft, squishy inside. Oh. So it's so strange of how you present yourself for that full image. So when people see me. They see something very different than like what the inside of me is, which is just like a squishy jelly bean who like is like I just want to like lay in the Love couch. Love me and cuddle, yes. Oh, <laughs> Jenna, thank you for sharing that with me. That is very sweet. Um, oh, speaking, of, can we try to Facetime my friend Jen, who um, yes. we discovered? Let's Facetime Jen. She better answer this bitch. Jen, Jen, Jen. Let's see. You're like Jen, come over here. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, there's Jen, me. Hi, Jen. Jen. Hi. Oh my god, she's so cute. <laughs> um, what's up? Oh, you know, we're just doing a 
so you know. Oh, see, that's I was I trying to clean all day, and I didn't get shit done. I just basically moved one thing from one corner to the other corner. <laughs> so good job. <laughs> Well, I'm procrastinating on packing, so I figured I would clean the kitchen. I heard you just moved. I did, yeah. Kind of a fantastic time from a quarantine perspective. But Why would you move to Montana? Was it for a guy? Why would you move there? <laughs> no, it wasn't for a guy. It was for my dog. So that she yes. had a better life. Oh, that's true. <laughs> She was telling yeah. me earlier that, like, everybody's like, did she move for a guy? And I was like, we don't have to move for fucking anybody. We move for ourselves and for our souls and to, like, find ourselves. Fuck everybody else. Yep, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, <clears throat> how can I uh, live my best Oops. life and get out of the heat? You've, like, had more date... Je- Jenna, like, more dudes have called Jen and, and, and now dated probably in the last 10 years in Phoenix since you moved to Bozeman. Yep. What's that all about? Your new blood. Your yeah. new meat. That's what it is. You no, just, no, how much, what's the population of the past. town you just moved to? These are the people from my past. Oh. Right? Oh, they're all hitting you up now because you moved? Yeah, like all of a sudden. Oh, see, they thought they missed their opportunity. And so now they're like, oh, my God, now I got to do it. I got to do it now. I got to go see her in Montana because we missed the opportunity. How dare us think that she was never going to leave. And now they're all desperate and sad. Yep. And there's been a couple of guys in Montana, too, that you've dated. But, um, yeah. Fresh meat. Well, thank you so much. Do you have any questions for Jenna, Jen? Um, I um, No questions. Because I think Mary's going to cover it so beautifully. I just want to say you're amazing. Uh, Love your style. Love your spirit. Your awesomeness. Your art. Yeah. Just the whole vibe you're putting out is pretty amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I really genuinely love to hear that. Like, the fact that anybody gives two shits about me blows my mind. And I'm just stoked to have (laughs) people like you, like, even give a shit. Like, be a part of my life, have my art, be in my nonsensical dating life because it's all garbage anyway. And I just love to have people out there who give a shit. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Jen, I showed her on my glasses. I showed her on my glasses. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you later, Jen. All right. Bye. Oh, have fun. Yeah. Um, oh my God. She's adorable. No yeah, wonder. She's really great. Um, <sighs> Oh my gosh, God, we've talked about so much and covered so many topics. We got deep and surface and like nonsense it and yeah, a lot, a lot, a, a lot, a lot, a lot. And that's so what I, it's about. Yeah, I think I think your fans will be really excited to hear like just deeper, you know, and more about you. Yeah, I think so too. I think my following has just kind of started, and so there's so much that people don't haven't. They don't know yet. And I think this is a great little intro to that. And I'm super, thank you so, so much. Like, I'm so excited that you asked me to do this. I'm so excited that I'm getting more comfortable doing it. And like, now I just need to create a fan base there so I can come out and hang out with you. Oh, yeah. Um, Let me ask you one last question. And I ask everybody this, thinking thinking in terms of like a vision board, what do you want over the next one to three years? What is your, what is your dream? What do you put out there? What do you want to happen? Okay, one to three years. One to three years is not very long. Exactly. Um, so essentially, I, I, I mean, considering the pandemic is, is a little harder, but 
the reason I moved out here was because I want to launch my painting career. I want to be able to do painting 24 seven. I want to start doing less and less graphic design and less marketing. And I want to be able to travel as openly as I was traveling, but I want a home base. So I want to rent my house out on Airbnb, have people come and enjoy it as much as I do while I'm in, you know, Ireland hanging out for three weeks and being able to work and paint and become inspired. So that is 100% what is going to happen by the time three years rolls around. Yes. 100%. And you shall have it. That's like my magic wand. Like, yes. yeah. yeah. You know, yes. it's amazing. I, if you put it out there, it's like, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I firmly believe it. I have, there is not one question in my head, and, and that has never steered me wrong, not a day in my life. Yeah. If I believe it, it will happen. Well, thank you so much for taking this time and, and being with me today. Where can thank people you. Where can people follow you, Jenna? Where do you want them to to connect with uh, you. you can follow me on Instagram at Jenna MB uh, and TikTok at Is It Over Yet with a lot of underscores <laughs> <laughs> and underscore between every word. Maybe not the best decision when I started it, but here we are. <laughs> uh, and then you're more than welcome to reach out to me at my website, which is JennaBlanc.com. Awesome. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Jenna. Also, give Wings with Friends a follow on Instagram. I'd appreciate it. And hey, if you like this episode or anything about it, just give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever. Just connect. We appreciate you so much. Be safe out there. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jenna. Bye-bye. Bye.